0: And we teach our residents really there's only three things that will give you a big swollen knee a patella dislocation an acl tear or a fracture and so um, the swelling comes from the fact that the the knee is connected to the femur or the patella excuse me is connected to the femur by what's called the retinacula and it's it's tissue that runs from the inside of the kneecap to the thigh bone to the femur and when you dislocate your patella you actually tear that tissue it has blood, uh, blood supply to it. It's got you know arteries and veins. And so when that tissue tears, you get a tremendous amount of bleeding. And it's, it's not unusual for the effusion with patella dislocation or the swelling with the patella dislocation to be actually more pronounced than what you see with an ACL tear.
1: Welcome back to another edition of the Play Healthy KC podcast. This is the podcast where we offer parents of adolescent athletes tips, advice, and inspiration to help their athletes stay active and engaged in sport for a lifetime of participation. I'm your host, Todd Coburn. and In this episode, we're going to be talking about patella dislocations. Joining me is pediatric orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Kevin Latz, the chief of the Children's Mercy Sports Medicine Center. Dr. Latz graduated from the University of Texas Health Science Center. He did his orthopedic residency at the Kansas Medical Center and did fellowships at St. Gallen in Switzerland, the Hospital for Sick Children in Canada, and with Pediatric Sports Medicine at Boston Children's Hospital. Well, Dr. Latz, it's uh, great to have you uh, joining us here today for the uh, Play Healthy KC podcast. Uh, Thanks for your time.
0: No, I appreciate the opportunity very much.
1: Well, I know today we're going to be talking about uh, patella dislocations. And so um, being new to the show, typically what we like to do is um, when we're introducing a new topic, which we haven't talked about this so far in our series, uh, we like to set kind of that baseline Uh, for our parents and our athletes and so in layman terms can you explain what that even is absolutely the
0: uh, patella otherwise known as the kneecap um, sits on the front of your knee the knee joint uh, is made up of your femur or your thigh bone the tibia or your leg bone and the patella and the patella just sits right there in front and um, oftentimes during sports or other injuries the patella can go out of its position or out of its place it almost always goes to the outside or laterally, and so uh, patella dislocation is where your kneecap goes to the outside.
1: Okay. So when it when it comes to patella dislocation, who who's at risk for this injury, and and how much does g- genetics uh, come into play?
0: That's a great question. So um, very common injury, see it in our athletes all the time. Um, also see it in children that are very very loose jointed, and so uh not sports related but our children with down syndrome or sometimes sports related but our children with down syndrome, our patients with a connective tissue disorder called EDS or Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, uh, those patients can uh can show up with that problem as well, but very common in our athletes.
1: So what are the symptoms that an athlete's going to experience with a tel- patella dislocation and uh just yeah, kind of well, how's that going to feel what 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 are they going to look for?
0: Yeah, so they'll actually feel uh, the kneecap sliding out of place. Sometimes it's a very quick process where it slides partially or completely out of place and then reduces spontaneously or it comes back where it belongs spontaneously. Sometimes it actually stays dislocated. I've had folks transported to the hospital with a patella dislocation that did not reduce spontaneously. And so they'll have a sense that the kneecap just doesn't feel right or it's not in place, or they'll look down and literally see the kneecap sitting on the outside of the knee, Um, painful, uh, swelling, uh, uh, all the typical things you'd expect with a significant knee injury.
1: That's interesting. You said uh, that because that was kind of leads into my next question. It's like, you saw my notes, um, on the last show we had uh, Dr. Pachika on and she was talking to us about ACL injuries. And during that conversation, she hinted at the similarities between the two injuries when it comes to the, that immediate swelling. Uh, that you see at the knee. Can you expand on that and talk about the things that you look for uh, when you're uh, assessing a patient to differentiate between the two? Absolutely. Um,
0: And we teach our residents, really there's only three things that will give you a big swollen knee, a patella dislocation, an ACL tear, or a fracture. And so um, the swelling comes from the fact that the, the knee is connected to the femur, or the patella, excuse me, is connected to the femur by what's called the retinacula and it's it's tissue that runs from the inside of the kneecap to the thigh bone to the femur and when you dislocate your patella you actually tear that tissue it has blood uh blood supply to it it's got you know arteries and veins and so when that tissue tears you get a tremendous amount of bleeding and it's it's not unusual for the effusion with the patella dislocation or the swelling with the patella dislocation to be actually more pronounced than what you see with an acl tear
1: wow okay well that's that's very interesting and good to know. So let's let's talk about I guess treatments when it comes to this injury and I, before I asked that I, I, about treatments uh, do all patello dislocations require surgery or are there non-surgical treatments? There's
0: uh, most of them do not require surgery. Um, just like 20 years ago uh, where we got a little more surgery focused on shoulder instability and started having discussions about uh, surgery to stabilize the shoulder joint with first-time dislocators. There is a bit of a movement towards uh, considering that in, in patella instability or patella dislocations as well. But there's there's clearly a, a non-operative uh, option for, I would say, 99% of these patients, at least with their first amount.
1: Wow. So what, the, what does a non-surgical treatment then look like?
0: Um, Typically, these patients, because of the swelling, are at risk for the knee giving out. Anytime you have any swelling in the knee, it makes your quadriceps or your thigh muscle go to sleep. And so um, we want those patients to be on crutches. Um, Oftentimes, patients don't like crutches, so we'll put them in what's called a hinge knee brace. Um, It's a brace that allows you to both lock the knee out straight or also to allow a a sort of a toggle or actually full motion of the knee. So it's a brace that has a number of different uses, but um, as long as that brace is locked out straight, as long as the knee is held straight, then it would be safe for somebody to weight bear on a a swollen knee. So crutches, a brace, uh, icing, and then really quick uh, intervention with a physical therapist to start waking up that thigh muscle. A physical therapist or an athletic trainer just to get that thigh muscle uh, kind of working again. And so um, initial uh, referral to quickly to an athletic trainer if it's at one of our partner high schools or one of our physiotherapists uh, just to get that thigh muscle working. And then quickly working on range of motion as well.
1: And then going back to the uh, the surgical treatment, what what does what does that process entail? and and I guess to the what's the extent of the injury that needs to occur in order for surgery to be the only option?
0: right for For surgical planning, um, we will typically get um, x-rays and quite often an MRI. Um, most of these patients that I see that are children and adolescents that have a patella dislocation event have an anatomic reason why that is the case and there are several uh one can be that the kneecap sits a little bit high that's a little more debatable if that's truly a risk factor but there's a thought that that probably puts you at risk for kneecap instability it could be the groove for your kneecap what's called your trochlea it's kind of the groove where the kneecap sits in the femur that can be shallow the fancy term for that is called trochlear dysplasia Um, it can be that that patient is extra flexible. And so we talked earlier about those kiddos with EDS and and Down syndrome. Well, there are people that are very flexible that that don't have those diagnoses, and that puts you, I believe, at risk for patellar instability as well. The one that we really are pretty careful to pick up and often pretty quick to uh, correct is if your alignment, if we look at you as you're standing in front of us, um, and it looks like you're you're knock knee, your so your knees are are kind of directed towards each other. Those patients we know are at risk for uh, having that kneecap pop out a, a second and a third and and a fourth time. And so we we get standing films on those patients and uh, and and try to evaluate if they are what's called valgus or knock knee. And we're very quick. The other things I spoke I spoke about, we don't always correct those surgically. But we almost always correct their what's called their coronal malalignment, their knock-kneedness, if that is indeed present. And so surgery would entail going to the operating room. We typically do a diagnostic arthroscopy where we're putting the camera in the knee. We're looking at the cartilage of the kneecap, um, particularly to make sure that it's in good condition. And then we're rebuilding that ligament, uh, or actually, it's now considered the medial patella femoral complex. So it's a broad structure that connects the kneecap to the thigh bone, and so we're we're, we're rebuilding that structure as well at the same time.
1: Wow, that's uh, that's great insight. Love the science. Um, I guess uh, the the next thing I would like to ask then is um, when when returning back to play. After an athlete has uh, sustained a, a patella uh, dislocation as the surgeon and as the doc, I mean, what, do, what are you looking for from that athlete to allow them to return back to play?
0: Yeah, great question. We as surgeons, I as a surgeon often don't focus on that part as, as much as I should. So uh, surgical or non-surgical management. I believe mandates uh, an evaluation by a physical therapist. And just like our ACL reconstruction patients have to test, have to pass some objective testing, we do the same thing for our patella instability patients. So, whether you had surgery or not, um, you will, in our practice, need to undergo some objective testing to make sure that you're strong enough and confident enough to go back to your sport. Um, and and with the the hope that we can minimize your risk of repeat injury. So we'll look at overall strength, uh, comparing the injured leg versus the other one as far as quadriceps and hamstrings. We'll look at your range of motion. We'll look at your swelling of your knee. And then we'll actually put you through some pretty aggressive jump and running, uh, jump testing and running um, and balance testing to really make sure that, that, you know, you're, you're doing as well as you think you are, or you say that you are. And, and so that recovery, uh, can take months, even if you don't have surgery, uh, to really get you back to the state where it's safe to send you back into the field of play.
1: Great, great advice. Um, I know you, uh, touched on a little bit, kind of the, the body makeup in some patients and I guess, um, you address those in terms of if uh, if an athlete does have uh, the the knock knees, but is there anything else for for athletes that are is available that they could do in a preventive measure to avoid this injury?
0: Yes, I, I would I would sell my uh, physical therapy colleagues short um, if I said uh, I knew everything that they look for, but certainly what I tell my patients are is, um, got an incredibly strong core. You have to have incredibly strong what are called abductors. I call it the butt muscles and uh, and you gotta have great balance. So a lot of single leg um, stance activities, you know, starting just initially on again, addressing the swelling, addressing the range of motion. And then as we advance, working on your core, working on your hip abductors, working on your quad strength. And the final frontier is that balance and really trying to provoke them and making sure that they're confident ready to go back. So it, we gotta make sure um, we as surgeons uh, have to make sure we don't just focus on the knee. It really is that whole chain from the belly button down that you gotta focus on uh, to get back safely.
1: Excellent, great. Again, good, uh, good insight. Um, well, as our listeners know, Dr. Latts I am not a medical professional by any means. Um, I'm just fortunate enough to get to talk to experts. And so I always like to uh, check in with the guests and make sure that we touched on everything on this topic uh, that we should have. And so is there anything else about uh, patella dislocation that we didn't touch on that we should?
0: Well, I think we have a good sense of <clears throat> who is likely to have the kneecap pop out again, Honestly, the younger you are the first time it happens, uh, I think probably the more likely you are to have it happen again. The folks at the Mayo Clinic have really spent the last 25 years trying to identify those patients at risk. And so we really take those lessons to heart. Um, Like I spoke up earlier, we're honestly a little bit more uh, surgery um, focused with certain patients that we know are at significant risk for recurrent kneecap instability. The other part of this is, you know, when you dislocate your kneecap, often the cartilage of your kneecap can be injured. And so it's not just painful. It's not just an inconvenience. It really can be life altering um, if you return an athlete um, to play before they're ready to play and they re-injure their kneecap. Or if you don't identify that patient who is at significant risk for having a recurrent instability event, and 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 do something about it so i think the the next step will be to identify as well as we can those patients who are likely to have a second event and intervening and so um, we're we're working every day on trying to identify those patients and learning from our physiotherapists frankly learning from our patients um, to try to do a better job taking care of these kiddos
1: well, that's, that's awesome. And, uh, I, again, I'm so thankful for, uh, you being able to have the time to visit with us today and it's, uh, you're always welcome back.
0: Well, I'm grateful for the opportunity, Todd. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you for joining us on another episode of play healthy KC. And thank you again to Dr. Kevin Latz for the insightful discussion around patella dislocations. For more tips and information to help you, sports parents, please subscribe to this podcast and connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. If you have questions about today's show or ideas for future episodes, send us an email at sportsmed cmh.edu. Until next time, play healthy, KC!